1: Khan's big announcement this week is that AEW are going to be doing a big show in Boston. It's going to feature big, big business. Will it be the debut of Sasha Banks in Boston? I've got more than a feeling money <laughs> i am luke owen dad i'm joined by tempest welcome to the rest of podcast review of aew dynamite please do press the subscribe button give us a thumbs up subscribe by the way we are just over 400 away from hitting our 85,000 targets it's pretty rad it's pretty rad it's really grown over the weekend and stuff thanks rock uh, leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode of dynamite if you're watching live then please do join our wonderful community in the live chat. and If you want your thoughts read right out on the air, resttool.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollar amounts. Right. We're going to kick things off with the news coming out of this show, which was a very, very good show.
0: Yes, I very much enjoyed this episode of Dynamite.
1: And it kind of felt like it was always going to be a good show with the lineup that they mm-hmm. presented. Like we got Hangman Swerve 3, got Sting and Darby going for the tag titles, At the BCC versus CMLL. I'm like, yeah,
0: and just those three there. I'm going to have a great time. I get to see Takesh to wrestle. I don't get to see that often enough. Again, the, the women's world champion in action. Loads to like on, like, no filler. Oh, yeah. No filler on this episode of Dynamite. And even for a brief little moment, that is the Tony Khan big announcement, which... Your mileage may vary depending on how you felt about his previous big announcements or huge announcements Old or major, major announcements. <laughs> Can't forget those major announcement. But the probably the most important thing of this show came out of that little 90 second window. Yeah, yeah. And the big news coming out of this is that AEW are doing a show from is it the T D Garden? The T D Garden. Did it used to have a different name? Or has it always been T D Gardens? There used to be the Boston Garden. That's what which I'm I think more people probably like would think of when you think of like the Boston Arena and everything. Right. And okay. a, an arena that has garden in it in Boston. But it's been T D Garden for for quite a while. Okay. Yeah. So the T D Gardens in
1: Boston, it's called Big Business which is a, a, a hilarious name uh but also on the side there in the graphic they had boston written up like boston sort of going around the sort of led board boston with two s's mm. boston and one of those s's was a money sign and five Four select as they have been reporting for some time this will likely be the debut of sasha banks or well, pretty much they're like this will be the debut of uh, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, as she's been since she left WWE uh, and joined in New Japan early last year. She is going to make her AEW debut. She's been on the payroll of AEW, come to Five or select, since January. Mm-hmm. So they WWE were in negotiations with her late last year. Uh, they fell apart. Apparently, AEWs fell apart as well, but they managed to pick it back up. And by the time they'd put pen to paper, WWE were like, okay, we can't get this anymore. We can't go back into renegotiations, although I think they had intended to do so. So she's been on the payroll since January. So all those people who
0: thought she might be in the Rumble uh, were really, they were not on the money on that one. Listen, this is not a Royal Rumble review, but my dislike for certain aspects of the men's Rumble or the Rumble as an event in general had nothing to do with the absence of MJF, (laughs) Kazuchika Okada, or Sasha Banks, three people who may all be under AEW contract likely so as well (laughs)
1: tony khan said that this was going to be like a night that pro wrestling will always remember it's going to be a a monumental night for for professional wrestling and for the aew fans you know all without blinking and only that way that tony khan can and i would wager that the debut of mercedes monet is not a night that pro wrestling will remember forever it's big news but it is not the big big news which makes me think it's going to be an all out 2021 situation where it's not just the debut of Banks. It's also the
0: debut of Okada. Mm -hmm. I I think that very much could happen. I will be very interested to see what happens at Revolution, for example, because I could see them bringing out Kazuchika Okada at Revolution saying his first match will be at TD Garden. Good shout. Yep. But again, that's just speculation on my part. I could very much just as easily see them doing a mix of the CM Punk debut and the All Out debut, which was, hey, this is the first dance, wink, we're bi- we're booking the biggest arena in Chicago <laughs> for no reason, for, get your tickets. a Rampage, wink. wink. And we are very much getting a similar presentation here with this. They are not being subtle with what this is going (laughs) to be. It's just going to be whether or not it is just that. And I think the next five weeks are going to be very telling with how big of a deal they want this to be. It's very clear that this was their big announcement and their like big thing they're going to be pushing for after revolution. But We have seen them do a much better job with the women's division in recent weeks and months. And if the next five weeks continue to push like Tony Storm or whatever different areas of the women's division they want to highlight in association with the incoming new top star, this could end up being like one of those really big, really, really big nights in AEW that honestly, I don't think we've gotten that many of in recent memory. Not for a while. And the feeling has kind of been back in AEW in 2024 a little bit. I've really enjoyed the product. I know I've heard a lot of people say similarly. So this could be kind of one of those launching points to be like, okay, we've been ramping up and now here you go. Kind of the same way that like that summer leading into the first dance, they were really hot going from Double or Nothing up until Punk's debut. And now if they do something similar and then cap it all off Mercedes Monet coming in this could be a really really good start to the year for AEW particularly as well and
1: you've often find with like the wrestling war between WWE and AEW they both can't be hot at the same time yeah if if they fumble mania with like the rock and Roman Reigns thing and all of a sudden there's this sort of like anger and like there has been anger towards WWE over the last you know nearly seven days now and AEW suddenly takes this momentous rise up, and there's excitement about a coming in or, or Monet coming in. That could be a really good thing for them. Or, I mean, I don't want to you know try and cast too many like what ifs. What if they're both hot? Like, yeah. oh, what if WWE don't fumble WrestleMania and they remain as hot as they were like you know uh, two weeks ago, and AEW also get hot, and then just both companies are doing. I, I mean, it it just it doesn't feel like it can't be ha- it can't happen where both of them are. But what a world it could be. What a
0: world it could be. You know what I'll do? I'll get a gold boat. (laughs) (laughs) That is a joke for me, you, and about five people watching.
1: I'll get a gold boat. But yeah, it was I think it's a very cool uh, announcement. It's gonna be a very cool debut. I think it's great that they got her. Um she's, I mean, she's a huge uh, ticket price, I'd imagine, to, to bring her in. That was one of the reasons why WWE's talks fell apart was they could not agree on money. 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 So I w- and we've been talking about this a little while on the show now. It feels like they've been trying to put more focus on the women's division almost as like a here, Sasha. Like, if you come in, look, mm-hmm. I've got a really good women's division for you to be a part of. But if you if you've got Mercedes Monet coming in, you're gonna have to put focus on. If you're spending that level of money, you are gonna have to make
0: that a focal point of your show. You kind of do get forced into it. Yeah, you know? that's it. Absolutely. You can't aff- you can't afford <laughs> literally to have your women's division be an afterthought or put on the back burner. You need to make that investment worth it and. Whatever gets the job done, you know, if this is the way that we get the entire AEW roster, men's and women's, to feel like a really big deal, I feel like we've been trending in that direction for quite a while. And if this is the thing that pushes us over that edge, that's just good news for all of us. It's good news for people that like pro wrestling and want to see more good pro wrestling on here. And you give it another five weeks or so, and I don't know how exactly the timeline starts coming together, but who's to say that debut or something doesn't get interrupted by the return of Jamie Hayter? Yeah, right? Just more to make that feel like this huge moment, this person that was on the rise. I'm not this is all speculation on my part, of course. But it's been about nine months, you know, by that point. Jamie Hayter could be due to come back. And now all of a sudden that's another just injection of life yeah. into this division that's doing well already. Return of Brett Baker. Yeah, it hasn't been seen for a while. You know, you can kind of set that up as
1: that's a potential dream match right there of Baker versus Monet, Hater versus Monet. There's a load of matches you could do with it. I was going to ask like, what matches would you like throw her into? Like, out the you know when Danielson came in, it was like do the akad like do the Omega match. Yeah, like it was like off
0: the bat, let's just do the Omega match. Do you have like a match that you would just do immediately? it's It's interesting because you would think someone like a Britt Baker would be like the face of the a e w women's Division it's and what everything. It did with Soraya. exactly. I would be interested to see if they take a similar approach, especially with Britt Baker not being on television as of late, but you look at who the hottest stars of the a e w women's Division are right now, and it's Tony Storm mm-hmm. and I don't know how exactly the character dynamics and everything would fit. But these are two pros who very much wrestle an incredible style and both have really, really strong fundamentals and are really all around pros. They are fully formed characters. Their presentations are nailed down and they make it work for their wrestling. If I'm putting Mercedes Monet in a big match right out the gate, I don't know if it's for the title. I don't know if you just say, ah, screw it. Here's the biggest star. But... Maybe you go the Danielson Omega route and just go like, hey, I want to challenge the champion. I think I'm better than you. I'm here to prove it. And maybe you go off of that and maybe you do a draw. Maybe you do. Maybe she wins. Maybe she loses. I don't know what the booking of that would be. But my biggest match right now would be Tony Storm and Mercedes Monet. I mean, that's the that's the one, right? Yeah. But
1: like you look at it's It's becoming a stacked roster on the women's side of things. And you know, I'm looking at the, the chat over there. I'm seeing the names like Athena. It's yeah. like I, I, someone who I feel like is just toiling away in Ring of Honor, carrying that whole thing on her back. That she could definitely be brought up to the main roster, <laughs> so to speak, brought back onto Dynamite. Uh, and speaking of similarly, Billy Starks. You know, you got but there's Mariah May, there's Deanna Parazzo, Serena Deeb's just come back. There's um, Ruby Soho, Willow there, Nightingale. There's Willow Nightingale. There's Chris Statlander. There's like loads of like, man. You've got a division right now. Yeah. Like all you need to do is just give it a little push a little nudge and it could be kind of like ronda rousey was a difference maker for wwe's women's division yes like the reason why wwe pushed women so hard in the year when they did is because ronda came in mm-hmm. i wonder if mercedes can be that for aew that almost that like like you said almost forcing nature just being like now you have to do this
0: yeah and that'll be great It would be great, and I think Ronda Rousey is a very apt comparison, and I think it's very funny considering why (laughs) Sasha Banks left WWE to be making that comparison, (laughs) but it is very much kind of similar in that when Ronda came in in 2018, she became the focal point of the show. She was the star of Raw, and part of that was because, you know, your Brock Lesnar's and whatnot weren't on the show and everything, so the world title wasn't, wasn't present, but... For that year, she was the main character of Raw. I don't necessarily know who the main character of Dynamite would be after, you know, the the big business show, but... You certainly have an argument to be made that you could run a few weeks or longer with Mercedes Monet being the main focus of Dynamite. And all of a sudden, that just brings all of the members of the women's division up, because you would think that will get them all more TV time, more match time, because there's more, you know, different matches to set up and everything. This could be the shot in the arm that the women's division has needed to really get it over that line. Absolutely. So another name, um,
1: Thunder Rosa. Ooh, name yeah like, like monet thunder rosa yeah i mean that that match sounds like it'll be real stiffo like yeah. that, that's l stiffo right there <laughs> <laughs> i don't mind it too much but yeah like I, I think this this will be a real good injection for them that i think it, it needs because i i think AEW has a track record of debuting uh, women with big names and then three weeks later you, you don't see them anymore entire valkyrie just you don't see her on tv much these days like you know, she had a match last week but it's not like she's a focal point she's not in mm-hmm. huge storylines or anything like that even like ruby soho came in with a big momentum at that all out 2021 show no less and then sort of falls off the radar soraya sort of fell off the radar even though she was women's champion last year there's a lot of these women that sort of come in and they don't get make anything because it's a company that doesn't really care a lot about its women's division I can't see that happening with monet as you said earlier. You literally can't afford to not do this. I think that's one hundred percent (laughs) it. Well, let's see what you make of this debut, and it's not, uh, you know, confirmed, but let's be honest. Nah, look, Sean Rossap is having a whale of a time on (laughs) social media. (laughs) Let him have his victory lab. Honestly, I think let him. I was watching the hump. Um and like that a lot of it was just people messaging Sean to be like enjoy your victory lab, bud because you
0: really did earn this one. Yeah, it's whatever the opposite of a copium stream (laughs) is
1: Uh, but let us know your thoughts on this. wrestle.com forward slash report. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollar amount. Blake Whitehouse says, I'm actually quite excited for the Boston show. For all the news stories about their free agency, I seriously cannot wait for Boston's own Tyrus to finally land in AEW Now the dream match we all lust for with Will Ospreay. Somebody called Tempest's mama.
0: Is he from Boston? I have uh, no idea. I thought he was from Planet
1: Funk. I was going to say. <laughs> um, I do, Will Ospreay, I keep forgetting he's coming in. At some point well yeah it's after it's a revolution is he like that's
0: i would imagine so like because he's still he's having his match with oku yeah in rev pro which we're going to very soon and i would imagine i mean that's supposed to be his last match in the uk you know as far as not being an aew match so i would assume it would be shortly after that i don't know what that becomes i don't know how you debut him but i would imagine from revolution onwards We're pretty much green light go. I think so. I
1: think once you've had the Oku match, which is on the 18th, so that's in about 10 days time, you just announce then, here's the match that Osprey's going to have a revolution. You just announce a dream match that he could have. Yeah. You know, Osprey versus, oh, who could it be? Answer an Adam Copeland
0: open challenge, maybe. That's fun. Yeah, you yeah.
1: Or something like that. You know, you just announce it here's the Will osprey match, that's gonna be a revolution, and then that's where you debut Will osprey as an AEW member. But yeah, you're right, that, that Rev Pro match, it's his last indies match yeah. before he goes to AEW. Uh Jeremy here says if Swerve were to pin Hangman for the title Revolution, it'll be the third time that Joe has lost an AEW title without a successful pay-per-view defense. Mercedes Mene to AEW confirmed, and the second time he's given up a Tony Khan title without being pinned
0: i don't think he's going to lose i don't personally. either
1: um just like lastly on that because you know it's about like possibility of being a double debut whether you bring a Carter in i think i don't know i think you and i are on a similar page here i think i'd have rather he'd stayed in new japan well yeah Because <laughs> i don't know if i'd i was like oh, i'd love to see him in WWE, and i'm like i don't really i was like oh, i'd love to see him in aew and i'm like i don't really like I, yeah, it'd be great it'd have been great to have seen him in either one of those companies it looks like it's likely going to be aew maybe i just can't visualize it like it felt weird when he was on dynamite last year yeah you know it felt like the, the game's glitched a little bit and this other characters walked in mm-hmm. so i don't it's it's exciting because it's okada and he's you know the, probably the greatest wrestler of his generation but i don't know i just don't feel like i don't feel
0: like i'm going to get okada yeah yeah, I, you know what i mean like i'm not gonna get that guy now listen this is a this is a whole can of worms here that i won't go into too deeply but okada wrestles a lot of matches in new japan and most people don't see most of them right because they're the eight man tags and the shows on the road to yeah. the new beginning the road to power struggle etc Those are the Okada matches we're going to be getting on Dynamite, if I had to guess. You know, it's a little bit more comedy, not going to the fifth gear that only he has. It's going to be different and it's going to be an adjustment period. And I would imagine a lot of people who have only ever seen Okada wrestle Tokyo Domes and G1 Finals and Dominion main events and world title matches because... For the longest time, New Japan had the greatest roster ever assembled on planet Earth. Sure did. And you could have them defend the title against the whole roster four times over, and hey, that's what they did. <laughs> and it was brilliant. We don't have that. We have an amazing roster, don't get me wrong, but the structure and everything about AEW is so different from New Japan. I think there's going to be a real period where people are like, we got to quantify exactly what we've got here it, yeah. when Okada comes in. And I'm sure he's still going to be great. You don't end up being one of the greatest of all time, maybe the greatest of all time, without being that damn good and being able to adjust and adapt to a new situation. But it is going to come at the detriment of New Japan. And as somebody that's been watching that stuff for a long time, it pains me greatly. I think the adjustment period is a really good
1: way to put it. I think there will be a lot of reactionary takes of... He sucks. He's washed. He's washed up. He's slow. Probably enjoying surfing. You know those yeah. those, those levels of jokes that we'll likely get. But I I think that Akhada is the guy. My my prediction was that he will sort of sleepwalk his way through TV matches, and then he'll do really pull it out on the big four pay per views. Mm-hmm. He'll get put into like big matches on the big fours, and
0: then that's when you get that's when you get Akhada. I'm hoping. I'm certainly hoping that in the course of all this, at some point we get Omega Okada 5 and it's, you know, eight stars. (laughs) I'm crossing my fingers, Yeah, but I'm not as confident as, I don't know, if I was being told that I'd see any of those AEW guys go and wrestle in the Tokyo Dome against Okada, for example. Yeah.
1: And our last one we're we'll do here from James here. It says, howdy folks. AEW has two match of the year candidates already with Joe versus Hook, now Swerve versus Hangman. These two, feuds, uh, these two could feud for years. By the way, shout out to SRS for calling this one Sam the Eagle. Big business is the American way. The British way. Hashtag, we want COD yeah i don't know maybe we want cody maybe or maybe they're just getting fish and chips and they're like i don't want I don't <laughs> haddock tonight I don't want, we want cod that's what we're having tonight but uh, i wanted to use that out to chat because it is going to segue us into our opening contest of today's show hangman page versus swerve strickland the winner of which will become the number one contender to samoa joe is the third match in their trilogy of matches that'll likely be a feud that will never end yeah and that this had a lot of expectations going in because the last two matches they had were real good Mm -hmm. real real good like arguably amongst the when we talk about um uh uh omega osprey yeah Then we had like the oh which one was better the the wrestle kingdom match or the match at forbidden door sure like we had two of them it was like man they've they've had two matches together and both of them were match of the year contenders swerve and hangman had the same thing it was like did you prefer the wrestle dream one or did you prefer the barbaric violence of the full gear one for me it was the second one yeah (laughs) and the second one was you know our, our second match of the year like that came second in our match of the year awards um and so there was lofty expectations. You've had two potential match of the year contenders in twenty twenty three Now you're doing it on on Dynamite, and it's your first match this year. And holy heckins did this match
0: deliver? I so much enjoyed this match, And I'd been seeing people during the week pretty much book exactly how this was going to go, yeah, you know, like, I was like, hmm, how are they going to get this to be a three-way? Because that seemed like the direction we were going. And a lot of people was like, "Ah, eh, they'll do a draw, and it'll be great. And then they'll go to the pay-per-view, and they'll fight each other, and they'll cost each other the, the win. Mm-hmm. And Samoa Joe comes out on top. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what they're going to do. And no notes. <laughs> Love that. Because these guys are all fantastic. This, to me, I have so many thoughts about Hangman and Swerve. Because I... Love this feud. I have loved this feud. I was super excited for this feud when it was starting because it was something fresh, Mm -hmm. something new. And that to me is, I don't want to say just the sign of a good booker or something like that, because there's lots of things that can quantify good booking. but. We have seen so much of the really good storytelling throughout AEW's first five years be based off of things that had already happened, seeds that have yeah, been yeah. planted elsewhere, whether that's you know all the history of the elite and everything from their years in New Japan and whatnot, or even you go back to the real life stuff between Punk and MJF and stuff. Yeah, This was just, we're gonna put two guys that have never crossed paths in the ring together, and they're gonna have a feud and now they're going to be linked together for the rest of their careers. Yeah, Because it's been brilliant, and they've been able to tell a story from scratch. And that, to me, I find so impressive, both from the the in-ring stuff that they've done together, both from the booking and the storytelling of this feud. I have so much respect for what they've been able to do with Hangman and Swerve. And this third match, leaving you with Hangman still, after three matches not having beaten Swerve, And coming out of this very heelish, maybe that's just because of the crowd and playing the role that was kind of thrust upon him by the audience, but there was so much character in this match. Oh, I could talk about it all day. I, I felt like a double turn. Yeah, like
1: that, that's what I was. I didn't think of it at first, but the crowd was so hot for swerve that when hangman was on offense, it wasn't outright booze. It was a mixed response, but the booze were certainly there. And I was like, man, this is like a crowd that are so hot for swerve because they've done such a good swerve, job swerve, and swerves so, so great. That And like, I thought Hangman's selling of it was great. Yeah, at that moment we sort of looked to the crowd to be like, hmm. This isn't what usually happens to <laughs> me. It's actually quite annoying that you're you're not cheering me. I'm the hero here. He cut a promo on my child. Like he broke into my house. He broke into my house. Like and, like just be booing him. He's the baddie right now. And then we get to the end of the match. We'll go through the match itself. But like when it comes to the double turn swerve was booked as the baby face in his entire match he was given the close nine count mm-hmm. he did all of the big spots like the dead eye off the apron through the table he got the injury that he had to valiantly fight back from he got all of the great big near falls and stuff hangman page got a chair and he took out prince nana and all this stuff on the outside dastardly dastardly and then at the end time limit draw i we all thought it was going into a time limit draw as well but even when it happened i was like i didn't see it coming at that moment because he hits the jml driver after doing the dead eye off the apron through a table hits the jml driver one two ding 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 i was like that's so perfectly timed it was so beautifully done and then he gets the house mic and he's like you know how this goes five more minutes and hangman just laughed and he's like (laughs) you had to beat me like that's all you had to do was beat me and you can't beat me because his whole thing is you cannot beat me without the mogul embassy and I've just proven that mm-hmm. you cannot beat me without them so no and he just walks up the ramp cackling to himself be like no you don't need to and Tony Schiavone gets in the house money he's like well just one more thing there Tony Khan has made it official because of the draw it's going to be a three way at revolution and Swerve is there chuckling away and Hangman's doing the big
0: no he
1: didn't beat me he didn't beat me it really did feel like a double turn yeah a brilliantly
0: executed one as well i i thought throughout this match that they were more or less calling an audible yeah that they looked at the reaction that the match was getting that swerve needed to play babyface, hangman needed to play heel and it's certain things that you can pretty easily alter any plans you had for a match where it's just like Ah, uh, let's get some easy heat and let's have Hangman hitting on him with a chair. You yeah. know, that's really easy to start to just change things. But this outcome where Swerve is the one asking for five more minutes and Hangman is able to walk away from a fight, a fair fight, and be content, still having never beaten Swerve. That's some heel cowboy S word, Right i don't know if that's how it's going to be next week but you certainly played enough (laughs) of a role here to make the next crowd believe that they should be booing this man i think you'll get booed next time they see him and you can
1: can really play into that like hangman page i I even wrote in my notes weird to see hangman as a heel in aew like i know he did heel work in ring of honor and obviously when he was part of bullet club and stuff but in aew No, that's Hangman Page. That's cowboy S Hangman Page. That's Valiant blue-eyed babyface Hangman Page that spent a year and a half fighting against the elite to finally be crowned the world champion.
0: And now I'm there being like, boo you. Oh, five more minutes of this match. Because that's the thing where I have said for years that like, when people are saying, oh, how do we switch things up in AEW? Oh, maybe we turn Hangman heel. I was like, you don't turn this... Brilliant blue eyed baby face. Don't do it. Don't do it. But when it happens organically like this and the people are telling you, maybe you go with it. Yeah. Who's to say that that won't end up being better? Because if you just crafted some storyline reason for Hangman to turn heel, maybe people wouldn't buy it. But now he's got real life reasons for why he would turn on the fans. Because all of a sudden now the people chose the guy that broke into his family's home over him. It's kind of like the Jericho Shawn Michaels thing from 08 ah, where sorry. people cheered Shawn Michaels after he faked an injury instead of Jericho for calling it out. It's very much the same sort of thing that these people are now hypocrites for cheering for this guy who went and did this horrible stuff to Hangman. I don't know whether they keep him heel after this, but I think it's a much more plausible direction to go now, given the reaction he got in this match. They've been like, oh, I was a heel mustache. like <laughs> you're growing this thing out for that reason. <laughs> It's all making sense now, <laughs> but it's such a sexy mustache. <laughs> and Brian Abrams always used to go on about like, he's growing out his chest hair, he's turning <laughs> heel.
1: <laughs> he grew out the mustache, the signs were there all along. But this match had was just so, so good. Like the Fosbury flop that, that Swerve did, they had this beautiful moment and it was like, it shows how crisp these two are at working together. Uh, hangman did the 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 salt to the floor The Orihara moonsault The moon moonsault and he sees the swerves moving as he's going so he lands on his feet and rolls through at the same time that swerve has moved he's rolling through to hit a flat liner the moment that hangman pages stood up from his roll through it was so well timed it was brilliantly executed they
0: are just the smoothest crispest wrestlers yeah you know that that is like kind of my number one like as far as in ring goes that kind of how crisp are you how much of that like little half step in between each moment is there and with these guys it just doesn't exist no you're absolutely right and then even the moment where
1: so early on in this match but like god that was so great and hangman goes for the buck shot Swerve moves out of the way and in the same motion as on the outside to hit a buckshot of his own. Almost at the moment that Hangman finished doing the lariat move, turned around, which way did he go? Boom, he got hit with his own buckshot lariat. It was so great. Swerve stomped for a near fall on that. They had a moment when they did a um, sunset flip powerbomb, which you had a
0: massive reaction to in the office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people were like, Whoa! <laughs> It was horrifying because you can tell that this was the the sunset flip coming out of the corner power bomb where Swerve was going to do the backflip and land on his head. But he didn't quite go all the way over and looked like he landed on his head. And, okay, they got right back up and just kept going. But I was like, oh, my God, this was looking like it was going to be my favorite dynamite ever. And maybe my favorite guy is going to be hurt coming be out of it. Real banged up coming out of it. Thankfully, they just kept going and all seems well and good. But.
1: And, uh, they did the swerve stomp onto the apron and Hangman rolled out onto a table, which unfortunately collapsed. But they improvised on that really well because yeah. it was just swerve went and got another table and the crowd loved it because, and that's kind of again playing into that this crowd were really into him as the babyface. You gave him that babyface spot of going yeah. around to get the other table, giving the crowd what they want. The time allowed Hangman to recover. So when that swerve went to do the 450, he got the knees up on that. Uh, he hit a buckshot and swerve got his foot on the ropes and i loved hangman in this moment because the first thing he did was look at nana yep and be like you've done it again and it wasn't swerve got his foot on the ropes it was ring awareness of swerve strickland to get his foot on the ropes hangman Page's instinct was nana put his foot on the ropes a cheating bastard out there
0: screwed me again i love this on so many levels not only does it really play into the heel stuff that we've been talking about earlier to take this guy who nana is a heel But he's a heel that is lovable because he's got a fun dance and everybody's really into him. And you take that and you put that over here. There's that aspect of it. But you also have just the storytelling element of all of this where Hangman's convinced that Swerve can't beat him without the Mogul Embassy to the point that when Swerve just is beating him without the mogul embassy, he's making excuses in his own head. It's not that he didn't grab the outside leg and keep Swerve from putting his foot on the rope. It's like, no, there must be some other reason why I can't beat him. This is exactly the kind of story and character-based wrestling that I want. Ooh, it was, I could talk about <laughs> it all day. I love this match.
1: Dead eye on the apron, and he just grabs the referee and he's like, count. Like start counting, going for the count-out victory, and Nana powers Swerve up by dancing around him. <laughs> he <laughs> does his taunt to get the power bo- the power bar back like, up, and like Swerve gets in just at the nine count. Uh, he uh, he goes outside and he hits uh, Nana with a chair. Uh, does Hangman, because was like, I've got to take him out because he's cheating on behalf of Swerve, so I need to get rid of him, take out this guy. Hangman snaps the ankle, because he landed awkwardly on the ankle, did Swerve, so he then starts to target the ankle, and then Swerve reverses all of this, hits the Deadeye through the table, Hangman dodges a Swerve stomp, but it sets up a buckshot, uh, and he re- Swerve does, reverses that, JML driver, that's where we get the time on the draw. It was... I did a bad job of explaining that, but it was go and watch it
0: yeah this was a match where as soon as the show started and these guys were in the opener i was like okay it's a time limit draw. time limit draw anytime you get the really big match that goes on first it's probably going to a draw so i'm like okay how can you still get me completely invested sucked into this match and they had such a gripping performance yeah absolutely. five
1: stars five stars match of the year contender real real good i think it, we're in for a really good year of wrestling so remember, when this is, come the end of the year no one's really talking
0: about it but one of those times, like do you remember the great match they had on dynamite with yeah. the double turn i maintain my agenda is hangman versus swerve for the world title at full gear this year yes please that is my agenda i don't know how you <laughs> get there because there are probably some other world title holders in the in the middle there but no matter what that's my main event for full gear i agree with you i and you said it earlier but
1: these two should just be entwined forever now yeah forever feud
0: a a proper fight forever yeah they'll always come back around and find each other again years from now they maybe end up on opposite sides of an eight-man tag (laughs) and they'll get in the ring and everyone will stand up creating moments like that is so awesome yeah they sure really is. done it with this uh backstage renee paquette who was as
1: canadian as possible in her denim dress uh interviewed samoa joe who was fired up about the idea of this triple thread mm-hmm. but he had this excellent outline where he's like i am the wo- aew world champion and you both will suffer because of that
0: he's that is so an, cool that's an awesome line <laughs> i'm the champion and it, you're now gonna have to suffer I love that he says to Tony Khan, I'm the AEW champion that you don't want, but it is not your decision to <laughs> yeah. make. He's so cool. Uh, we had Tony Storm versus
1: Red Velvet with Diana Purrazzo out on commentary. You could tell that this crowd were tough from that previous match. Uh, but impressively, she won with an ankle lock. She Mm -hmm. tapped out red velvet, staring down Deanna Perazzo the entire time, using a technical hold to to get the victory. I thought was quite nice in the the story that they're telling here. Mm -hmm. It was almost like telling Deanna Perrazzo, Oh yeah, the old Tony Storm is in here. Mm -hmm. I can do the Tony Storm you think I am. Because Perrazzo's whole thing was like, I don't know who this person is. Like the way look at the weird wrestling she's doing. That's not the Tony Storm I know.
0: Yeah. And we have seen so much of her character, Tony Storm's character, that is, being influenced and continue to influence her wrestling matches. Finding how the character and the matches coincide with one another has kind of been the journey that we've had to all go on with Tony Storm. But... This to me is probably like the first real story based rivalry she has had as champion and now is getting to further develop that character and utilize the story in the wrestling matches as well. So you've got a real nice like wrestling ability character storyline trifecta going on with Tony Storm and I don't know whether this then leads forward to, you know, uh, maybe an ankle lock comes in as a near fall in one of the, the final spots of the Deonna Purrazzo match. Or maybe this is just, hey, I am still a technical wizard myself. I wrestled in stardom. Mm-hmm. I wrestled all over the world and was fantastic everywhere I went. So don't you take me lightly because I will still beat your ass. Either way. I'm looking forward to this women's match at Revolution. I think it should be really, really good. Also, your laptop is low.
1: Yeah, we were saying this earlier. When we did Talk Extra, we had my laptop as the second screen. And it kept, you know, going into sleep mode because we weren't using it all the time. And Ollie was like, can you turn sleep mode off? And when I activated to never, the MacBook warned me. If you do this, it will affect your battery. And both Ollie and I went, nah, no, it won't. It really has. And now my laptop dies at the drop of a hat.
0: Use your sleep mode,
1: kids. Yeah, that that's my okay, that's my PSA for today. Activate sleep mode. Renee interviews the best friends backstage, and Cassidy announces that he's defended the international title against Ishii on Collision. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'll I'll watch that. That sounds great. Which Trent was like, huh, weird.
0: Neat. Yeah. You're yeah, okay. yeah. all in chaos together. <laughs>
1: furthering that uh, the heel turn perhaps that we're going to get from uh, from trent they've got a trios match on rampage against the kingdom and then they're going to go check on chucky who is in the building and then they're all about to go their separate ways and renee has to almost like remind them to come back in no you do the hand thing hands in the middle and they're like oh yeah no we do do that don't we troubles are brewing in the best friends
0: yeah and they have been since the the title ended up back on orange cassidy but it has been like a slow burn thing, and I do enjoy this kind of storytelling where every week there's just a little segment like this, just just to remind you, like eh, keep your eye on this. Yeah. This isn't going anywhere, not in a bad way. Like, oh, it's not going anywhere; it's taking forever. But just like this is still here, keep it in the back of your mind because at some point, yeah. the big moment's going to happen. You need card to come in and sort them out. Yeah. that's the feud for Ricardo
1: when he comes in. <laughs> I need to. Me and Rocky <laughs> Romero are going to sort out the best friends. We then had the Blackpool Combat Club versus Team CMLL of Voldor Jr., Mascara Dorada, and I can never say it, hechicero yeah
0: hechicero yeah. yeah you did much better than ollie did last week <laughs> I, actually,
1: I took it out of my like my written review because i was like i'll never i'll do too many takes trying to get this right so i was like and he pins one of them yeah because uh, because I mean, he was my favorite thing in this match and i wanted to put him over but i was like ah, there's, I, I, there's enough editing time on all my <laughs> <I don't laughs> episode as it is um When the Blackpool Combat Club came out, and it's Moxley, and it's Claudio, and it's Danielson, I was like,
0: this is the coolest group. Yeah. Like, this is the coolest faction in wrestling. I am still so angry that that goddamn Jericho Appreciation Society feud (laughs) went on for as long as it did, because I remember saying, when this faction debuted, that by the time they went their separate ways, it would be my favorite faction of all time. Don't think that's going to be the case, but they were on a really hot start. And then Jericho came along and sucked them all into his vortex. But More on that later. More on that later. This, however, is so fun. Because could you find a, a better trio of wrestlers? I don't think so. That being said, you look at the other side. And we were talking in the office about Hechicero. And it's amazing to me, because outside of your Lucha Brothers and your Vikingo, who, again, has only really hit the mainstream over the last year or so. It's Pain on Dynamite. Exactly. You haven't seen as much Lucha Libre break through onto, you know, the the national television in the US or into, you know, the internet wrestling sphere, quite the same way that the Japanese wrestling has or some of the top stars of the UK or this that or the other thing. And then you'll just get something like this come together. And Hecessero will come out and be like Oh, hi. I'm a top 10 wrestler in the whole world. You've never heard of me. (laughs) By the way, I'm really great. Yeah. And it is a shame that, you know, a lot of the big Lucha Libre stars of the last few years, there have been so many like visas play a lot into it. The company relations between all the different places, politics and such play a lot into it. But my God, I don't know if there is a more fun style of wrestling when done at its peak than Lucha Libre, and we're missing out on so much of it just because it's not readily available the same way. That's why the CMLL partnership has me so excited. Because you get guys like Hechiser, you get guys like Volador Jr., you get guys like Mascara Dorado, who I had about 50 people have to tell me <laughs> last week is not Grand Metalique. I would have learned that this week, but I can't stand Lucha Libre lineages. <laughs> Because if I say L.A. Park or La Parca, who am I talking about? (laughs) Who is Mystico? There's been like five of them I reckon at this point. It's like that Razor Ramon guy. Oh my god, don't (laughs) get me started. Has Mystico ever been in a Royal Rumble? Which one? (laughs)
1: <laughs> i love the way they structured the start of this as well because it's danielson versus head Sarah, which is the match we had on collision so they just did more of the great stuff they did on collision and then you followed it up with dorada and claudio and they did the big little stuff yeah. and it was real real good and then it tags into mox and voldor jr and they were just awesome together as well but then you had this great bit where voldor does this dive to the outside and immediately, Danielson and Claudio just jump down and start putting the boots to yeah. him and then throw him back in the ring. Mox does a dive on the other side and immediately, Dorado and Hedgesera jump <laughs> on the air and start putting the boots to Mox and throw him back in. It was so good. like This was just so much fun. I, one, one slip by Dorada and that's about it. Like Everything yeah. else was just crisp, great wrestling.
0: I say a lot of the time when I get to review things like Dynamite that I think every wrestling show needs a party match. Yeah. You know, like a six or eight man tag that is just fun. This was the party match on yep. this show. And it's funny when you look at what the, the finish of this match <laughs> was. It doesn't feel like how you would end a party, but it was just the top stars of the company going against three awesome new stars being introduced to the company and showing you why you should care. Yeah. Mwah. So,
1: they had like the the some other members of the CMLL crew at ringside, like watching on just like, look at like, the radicals just yeah, like, at ringside watching on. But the finish was Claudio, the referee nearly gets bumped. So, Claudio picks up Hegesera for a, a spine buster and in the process gives him a low blow and he pins him. I was like, huh, I mean, it's a good way to protect CMLL, I guess, but I did not expect Claudio
0: to get the win here through dirty tactics. Mm-hmm. Hey. It, it caught me by surprise, yeah. not in a bad way, by right. any means. I'm just like, huh, all right, it's, it's not the, you would expect a match like this to be one of the luchadors coming off with a springboard something, and Claudio hits the uppercut out of midair and then hits his, his arm trap power bomb or something, and gets the win. Nope, just kick him in the dick and pin him. Yeah. Simple, effective. I was also surprised that they lost. Yeah.
1: Because yeah, Hegetaro lost on collision. I thought, okay, so they'll get a win here. I do think that if you're having an invading force, you do kind of need to make them look credible, and you can make them look credible in ring, and they do look credible in ring. But if they've lost two of the matches, they don't feel like much of an invading force. Then you're like, this is why you know WCW didn't get over, mm-hmm. or you know the radicals lost every match you know the, when they first joined. I, it does, they don't feel like an invading force after a while. And then it, it's it as well because you know the rest of them jump in the ring and Who is it that makes the save? It's Matt Menard and Matt Seidel and Christopher Daniels and I'm like, wow, that's real low tier <laughs> guys that are running
0: out to make the save here. It doesn't mean they feel like the big threat that they should Mm-hmm. I, I think it'll be really interesting going from here because this is about where the benefit of the doubt might start to run out where I will give them these first two matches because yeah, yeah. I'm not going to expect Danielson to take a, a do a job right before he goes and has a title match on the pay-per-view and such. And they did enough, in my opinion, to protect the CMLL guys with the finish of this match. If they then go to whatever match they end up doing next and all of a sudden then they're still getting beat maybe by a trio that's lower down on the card than the Blackpool Combat Club, then I'll start to be like – Mm, maybe yeah. maybe this was just a couple of fun matches and I shouldn't care too much about what happens next, but I'm still, I'll, I'll give them like one more match to make these guys feel as important as they should. Once it was like Seidal 2.0 and Daniel, I was like, oh, some
1: that's for them to beat yeah, yeah, like, yeah you know, we've now got our crash holly uh, <laughs> we've, now, we've now got the guys that it's all right for chuck palumbo to get a win over uh because that's not happening over the rock but yeah I, I mean it was such a fun match yeah i had such a good time with this hegeser like, is becoming my new favorite wrestler because <laughs> he he just keeps like grabbing people by the arms. they're not doing any moves that involve their arms but it's just it's magical yeah i don't know how he transitions into things it's like a magic trick um they cut backstage and the undisputed kingdom I need to call them the united empire then or the united kingdom uh we beating up chuck taylor yeah this group's lost all steam for me yeah. yeah um we then got tk's big announcement and then we got chris jericho versus uh, Kaneske Takeshita in the feud that will never end august of last year this
0: started i think it was before that I is it mean, really really like when you look at when don callus started recruiting jericho that must have been july Oh
1: man it's been so long and it's not gone much of anywhere apart from the fact that they ended it with the like a dragon street fight and then omega got hurt so they were like callus
0: again yeah that's really what it feels like It feels like we'll just get back to the callus feud this is exactly what I said when Jericho faced Kyle Fletcher and also a good match, because I thought this match was good. Yeah, it was it, good. You know, but for God's sake, I cannot possibly care. No,
1: well, the thing for me is that the finish of this match, you know, it's a cool finish. Kineski Takeshi locks in the walls of Jericho They um after Don Callis stabs him in the head with a screwdriver. And they tease the the three arm drops. Jericho powers out of that, but then eventually taps out. He tapped out to his own move. No one's ever made Chris Jericho tap out of the walls of Jericho, which would be cool. But I've also seen no one's dominated Chris Jericho like Powerhouse Hobbs did. I've never seen a rookie like Action Andretti beat Chris Jericho like he just did. And they've not led to anything. Yeah this is the uh, this is athena debuting you know it's like yeah cool it's a great moment but i've seen the follow-up to some of these things and it's never really that great yeah so grand, you know it's a good win for Takesh they oh, he's beaten two world champions in aew now yeah but i don't think it's gonna lead to much man because
0: beating kenny omega did so much for him that's what i mean like I, just, I don't think this is gonna go much of anywhere yeah it it and here's a Uh, maybe a little bit bigger than a nitpick but the fact that he was able to beat kenny omega clean but needed don callis's help to beat chris jericho (laughs) that just pisses me off oh yeah you know Mm. maybe maybe it doesn't matter i mean it's wrestling none of it matters but (laughs) at the end of the day (laughs) at the end of the day i don't like that
1: yeah i didn't love it yeah what I did love, however, was our main event. Sting and Darby Allin versus Ricky Starks and Big Bill for the AEW World Tag Team Championships in a tornado time. Yeah. Because how else could we get Sting crowd brawling? Hey, he's got to
0: jump off something.
1: That's it. I was like, you know, TNA's back. Put a t-shirt on Sting. It's 2011 all over again. And he just goes out there, brawls through the crowd, jumps off a thing, brawls everywhere, and then they go to the finish of the match. However, the highlight of this match for me... The thing that made me lose my tiny little mind was when Darby Allen ran and Darby Allen did a dive at a hundred thousand miles an hour and Big Bill caught him and did without skipping a beat, spun him around into the one of the biggest
0: boss man slams I've ever seen. It was awesome. (laughs) I have been, I don't want to say a detractor of Big Bill's for a long time uh because he obviously improved a lot in impact and everything as w morrissey and he comes into aew last year and i was like huh i didn't have big casts on my AEW debut bingo card that's the debut right where you're like huh yeah i guess kind of when they signed johnny impact yeah like you know yeah i guess it it didn't feel like one of those real big key sign and not everyone has to be by any means mm-hmm. But I was always like, well, what are they going to do with this guy? Because, you know, he ends up in the firm, <laughs> you know, okay, like I care about the firm. Yeah. And you you just continue onward. And all of a sudden, he's just kind of found his little niche here where I don't know if this relationship with Ricky Starks is going to continue on past this this tag title run. But he's making a lot of really big moments for himself. And whether it is just a perfect boss man slam, I had to pause it, rewind it, and show it to <laughs> Sullivan. I was like, Sullivan, look at this, look at this. And he was like, I've never seen a better big, big boss man slam than that. I t- I thought Dobby I saw his soul leave his body. <laughs> when <he hit> <laughs> but whether it was that, whether it was him doing a stupid little dance to to mock Sting <laughs> and everything, he was a bigger star in this match than Ricky Starks was to Yeah. Me. And I wouldn't have guessed that. And I thought there was a really good character moment near the end of the match where Ricky Starks kind of hesitated in putting Sting away. But when I think about this match and I think about the team of Ricky Starks and Big Bill, I'm going to think about Big Bill first. (laughs) And I wouldn't have guessed that who da man who, da man?
1: who da <laughs> man? that boss man slam was nuts uh darby broke up the pin because starks hit the scorpion death drop darby ran a wild on big bill hit the coffin drop on the outside and big bill then just sort of he stood up, he says, Oh man, that hurt a little bit. So Darby jumps on his back, and people are like, oh, What's this? I better get back in the ring. <laughs> he just walks up the ramp, and he just starts walking around the apron, being like, oh, I feel like there's something on my back. And they go colliding through a table together. And here he right comes down to Starks and Sting. Starks has that moment where he's like, I don't think I want to re- beat the first person to beat Sting. That doesn't feel right. But he hits the spear anyway. Sting kicks out of that, and he goes for a second spear, but Sting literally catches him yeah <laughs> he goes in the spirits
0: he's like nope scorpion death drop one two three new tech champs. it was i didn't know if they were going to win i thought they might but i thought there was always going to be a possibility that the young bucks could come and cost them this match yeah, yeah. you know but then they won and i was like i this just makes me so happy yeah
1: you know, I, I think it was the same reaction that his kids had at ringside because they had both the stings there. I saw someone say, Why does his kid look like real sting and NWO sting? <laughs> 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 they cut to the crowd, they cut to his kids, and they're not going like, Yeah, you go, dad. They were like, Yeah, yeah, you go, dad.
0: That was real nice. I'm That's glad how I felt I'm glad you got to win that match. That was nice. I was just, it makes my heart happy. <laughs> yeah, that throughout all of this. Sting is a champion in AEW. It's mad. That's really (laughs) cool. You know? Yeah. Because for as much as people talk about old timers coming in and taking up spots, uh, young people, there's a lot worse that you could do with a legend than what AEW has done with Sting. As far as how to pay respect to to a legend that's on his way out and having one last final run, I think this is the blueprint and giving him a like four or five week title reign to end his career and lose these titles to the young bucks as i imagine will happen it's storybook yeah and th- yeah
1: it's his uh 25th championship he's ever held it's a nice round number yeah nice round number to end things off on and all of these wonderful scenes were ruined by the young bucks who came in in these Brilliant white suits. These suits could, you know, like that bit in Spinal Tap where they've got the cover and it's black, and it's like, <laughs> I don't think this could be any more black. I don't <laughs> think these suits could be any more white. <laughs> and they went in and they pummeled Sting, Sting's kids, Sting's other kid, Darby Allen, and they make Darby Allen bleed. And that's what I'm like, that's the white suits. Yeah. Because Darby bleeds over these white suits, and all of a sudden, these suits become stained in Darby's blood it's a brilliant visual as they stood there over them and they beat the crap out of them and they hit their finish the bte trigger that has been renamed to the evp trigger a
0: brilliant
1: brilliant little change i had never really heard this as a sort of a complaint against the young bucks or against aew as a whole but i've I heard it again on a podcast last night. I'm like, oh, I guess this is a new complaint people have about it. It's like, oh, AEW is a different company. The talent are the EVPs. And I was like, no, really I was like, huh, I guess that's a new complaint that some people have about AEW. I like that the Young Bucks have just heard that and have turned it into that's their character. Yeah. Is that they're the talent and they're the EVPs.
0: I think it's brilliant. I think what they've been doing as of late has been fantastic. I mean, the work speaks for itself, but. I really want to make note of how much they were putting over on commentary that this is like the worst thing the Young Bucks have ever done. The Young Bucks. (laughs) Right? Like we have seen the Young Bucks as babyfaces and heels in AEW time and time again. Like they've kind of flip-flopped quite a bit in the first five years here. And yet still, it was like their careers will never recover from what they have done tonight was what they were pushing home on commentary, and I was like, wow, maybe this is just the heel run that takes them for the rest of their career or something. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm really gonna be interested to see how much further down the Young Bucks can spiral with these new characters, because we haven't seen them wrestle Mm -hmm. as these new characters, and they're a phenomenal heel tag team anyway, but seeing how this character influences, influences their matches and how much worse these characters can get it's very exciting. Yeah. This should be the main event of Revolution.
1: I think it will be. I think it has to be the main event. I thought it was a brilliant closing angle. It was very old school, blood, weapon, hit the finish, stand tall. Nothing flashy. You grab the title, you put the titles on them. It was like, see you in five weeks, champs.
0: I thought this was excellent. I thought this was as close to a perfect episode of pro wrestling television as you can have while we'll still haven't have Chris Jericho on. <laughs> Chris Jock having a match where, well, it's
1: you can't beat him clean, so we're doing it this way, I guess. You know,
0: and that might sound harsh, but I am also just kind of over it. Yeah. You know, but otherwise, I thought this was one of the best episodes of Dynamite that they've done, mm-hmm. and certainly the best one that I've seen them do as of late. Like, I, they had said this is the biggest Dynamite of the year, and they fully delivered on that i thought it was
1: a great show
0: i really really enjoyed it i gave it four out of five and that's
1: mostly because like you know there's the jericho match then the women's match while it was great it was not like didn't blow me away or anything like that but the opener was awesome I thought the six man was great I thought the finale was great the announcement was like worthy of it i w- i thought they would just announce money because well Ticketmaster had already announced that this show was happening <laughs> but um i thought it was a great show I would give this a five out of five, personally. I loved this dynamite. Well, we got our poll up. I'm just going to give a little warning to our moderators. Because my laptop has died, I'm going to need you to end that poll. I'll give you the (laughs) warning of when you should end it. Uh, but we need to shout out our $25 um, above Patreon pledge hammers. We've got a brand new episode of Survival Series Thunderdome Edition coming out soon. So you want to head on over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk to get involved with that. Because we've had so much fun making those shows. And we've had great feedback to them already. Plus there's a WrestleTalk Extra up there where Ollie and I spend nearly four hours reviewing Royal Rumble 2014. And it's an incredible show to look back on in history But with everything that's currently happening in WWE The amount of times I keep having to reference Rumble 2014 in like mm-hmm. New scripts I'm writing I'm like Time's a flat circle like it's just We just yeah. keep repeating ourselves over and over again
0: It's mad isn't
1: it, it Isn't it just uh, But if you are one of our $25 and above Patreon Pledge Hammers You get your name read out on this show Like these fine folks No pictures please Shy Guy
0: Works Yeah. Starbucks Steven Costa Yeah Shield Maiden, the Zornese. Yeah. Burly, Rob Burwell. Yeah. He ran Aaron Hanrahan. Yeah. He Brings the Fear, Amir Jones. Yeah. A Poc Alex, now. Yeah. Andrew Gifford, the
1: Big Red Dog. Yeah. Keeper of the Mask Mysteries, Angie.
0: Yeah. The Shrock Master, Austin Shrock. Yeah. I'm afraid
1: I've got some bad news. It's bad news, Bob the Ninja Goldfish. Yeah. And the Eco Warrior, Brian. Yeah. That is your Hall of Fame class for the 8th of February, 2024. Right, let's get into your remaining Ultra Chats here. Restore.com forward slash support. Please do get them in. Don't mind me, I'm at work. Can you imagine the matches AEW could throw out there if they wanted to do a women's C2 with the likes of Mercedes, Baker, Deeb, Soho, Shida. She a name I didn't even come up with earlier. Yeah. Rosa, Nyla Rose, Deonna uh Tony Storm. If you give them the same amount of time and attention, it could be mind-melting.
0: I hadn't even thought of something like that. But it's a great point. A great point. Yeah
1: aaron hanrahan speaking of uh wow swerve hangman 3 was awesome five more minutes i've never seen I, i've seen this before face hangman accepts and then he didn't i literally gasped and laughed their heels evps fraction
0: the feud has been boss this show we'll see yeah i mean i don't know if all of a sudden the members of the elite all end up being heels at the same time I can't even imagine what kind of a character <laughs> arc that would mean for Hangman Page. Uh, we have a missing username here. Please do let our moderators know uh, in the chat and we can
1: get that amended. It's a Streamlabs issue. Said, I do wonder what a heel cowboy would be like. We already have a bandit, desperado, bounty hunter, and two <laughs> renegades. Maybe that's a James Storm question. Also, congrats to Lucha Underground. I mean, Ring of Honor for Penta versus Fakingo. <laughs>
0: very good i saw somebody tweet at brian keith uh, when he got signed that they want the cowboy faction of bandito (laughs) brian keith and hangman that sounds mighty good to me the roller coaster here said hi guys i went to
1: my first aew show and watched sting wrestle and win my favorite since i was a kid this was a dream it was a hot crowd phoenix really came out tony noted it and even said after the show we may get a pay-per-view thanks have a nice day
0: i hadn't noted that in this podcast but i thought this phoenix crowd was awesome they really were great yeah
1: nick j smith if aew are really trying to overhaul the presentation of their women's division finally could a job offer to scott damore be on the table if they can take a fraction of what tna did for the knockouts it could definitely be an improvement
0: That is something I hadn't even begun to consider. I, when Scott, they, oh
1: man, the Scott Damore thing, I genuinely took me by surprise.
0: Oh, it took a lot of people by surprise, <laughs> so including I've, people
1: in the company. So I've heard. I've heard. Like I think it was House of Wrestling said that the second call they had with talent that was headed up by Tommy Dreamer and Gail Kim did not go well. Oh, Gail okay. came out to ask people to mute their microphones because everyone was just shouting over each other. Um, but yeah, talent not happy with the firing of Scott Demore. It's a real misfire by Anthem here. Yeah. A company of
0: misfires, and this might be one of them. But yeah, it's bringing Scott Demore, man. I would do it. That, that's the thing, like. Scott DeMoore has a lot of connections within wrestling. He knows everybody. And he's obviously done a very good job of, like, resurrecting TNA to the point where it is now. It's the hottest it's been in a long time. But I don't know what the issue with the AEW women's division has been in the past and what the solution to that issue would be. Whether it is somebody to kind of take the reins and maybe book it a little differently or just... Bring in different women that maybe he has connections to. I don't know what Scott Damore could bring that those in AEW couldn't bring, not saying he couldn't have a big impact, haha, <laughs> pun intended, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, we we would need a lot more backstage info than we've got. Uh, for that sort of thing. Yeah, was he fired or did he
1: step down, Anthem? Which one was it? Steve Feid has been a member for 11 months in a row. said, what is the chance that we see a return of MJF? I'm assuming at the, the Boston show. Love you all, jam that, jam. I did think about it earlier, but I wasn't sure what his time frame is for returning.
0: Yeah, a, torn, well, a torn labrum, if, re, if surgically repaired, I think usually takes like six months or more mm-hmm. to fully heal and everything. So that would be a quick turnaround for MJF. I don't know what the status of all of that is, but I would be surprised personally if he was on this show. I was watching a
1: YouTube video last night that was about an episode of the Justice League that you think happened but never did. And it's about this sort of like fake trailer that was, or it was the one with the Justice Guild. Mm. And there was someone who did a re-edit of the promo for it and said like, no, it actually was going to be the Justice Society because the script that was originally written was the Justice Society until DC said, no, you're making fun of the Justice Society. You've now got to rename all these characters. Mm. So at the 11th hour, they renamed to the Justice Guild. And someone in like the early 2000s did this incredible fan edit of the promo and a lot of people for the last 20 years have thought it was a real (laughs) promo and so I was watching this YouTube video that was talking about this it was very interesting and I but I stopped listening to it at one point because he was using MJF's music as the (laughs) I was like hang on a second this
0: is MJF's music gotta love that stock music that (laughs) 80,000 plus people at Wembley Stadium were all singing. As Sarah here says, um, it
1: has been mentioned already that, uh, then enjoy the high five, but hear me out. Swerve down outside, Hangman and Joe in the ring. Hangman has nothing much left. With his last bit of energy, he takes out a returning swerve, eventually essentially giving himself up to
0: Joe. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see the relationship between Swerve and Hangman, costing both of them the title yeah how that plays out into the finish don't know won't know until it happens but that is as good a suggestion as i can think of
1: baxter hello boys love this episode of dynamite Swerve versus page three had had me on the edge of my seat if mercedes debuts at this event in boston she should be launched to the top of the women's roster in aew not champ immediately but by end of the year for sure
0: i can't necessarily disagree is any wembley Give yeah. me the belt there. if you do uh, Maybe you put the belt on her before Wembley and then do her and Hater at Wembley. Oh, that's a great shout. You know, yeah. something like that.
1: Nick here said, you could solidify a hangman heel turn by having the Young Bucks interfere and help him win after he convinced Swerve to try and do it without the embassy. Three EVPs holding belts, they took off the veterans for the final shot of revolution. Particularly because, you know, you had that moment where he's like, Tony Khan, I'm not the champion you want, but I'm the one you've got. Mm-hmm all of a sudden the evps are like whoa we've got a different champ for your tone
0: oh that's real curious <laughs> isn't it oh that's spicy i don't know if i'd do that but that's certainly a direction uh, you could go it is a
1: choice ryan here said this is aew hope they can keep this momentum going love you guys really helps my day out work go faster you're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. Eduardo, on the past Saturday collision, the CMLL guys got big pops because they're actually pretty well
0: known in the RGV and along the border. Viva CMLL. That was the thing as well, is I don't know how much planning went into choosing the venues and stuff in coordinate because obviously these things have to be done in advance. And I don't know when the CMLL deal came together. But having a lot of these shows kind of in the the southern and southwest United States is a very good thing for CMLL. And hey, if you want to end up doing a Forbidden Door style pay-per-view, if you did that in Texas or California or something like that, I think you do pretty well. Do pretty good numbers. Yep.
1: Kevin, in June, I told my previous employer that I was leaving after my three-month notice. I started my new job last September and officially ended my trial a couple of weeks ago. That whole time, Jericho's been feuding with the Callas family. Move the F on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John here said "I hey guys, Tiny my last night was the best of the year Hangman and Swerve reminded me of a line From the Joker in the Dark Knight I think you and I are destined to do this Forever P.S. Tempest, did you see the Leafs win last night? Sure did <laughs> Go Leafs, go Kuzu here said I had a similar thought as Luke It always feels that whenever either WWE or AEW are hot The other company starts to fumble Can't remember a period of time
0: where both companies were on fire I guess that's just business. I guess it is. Yeah. It really was wild that the switch happened almost exactly <laughs> the same time. Right? That like, is weird. The summer of 22 when all of a sudden the the train just went off the tracks in AEW with the punk stuff and the hangman promo and whatever, it just happened to happen the same time that the Triple H power struggle started happening. Yep. Yeah it's weird weird too weird to be a coincidence
1: sammy boy uh do you think that njpw are happy with their partner after they just started swapping their superstars uh it feels like the partnership isn't mutual i'm afraid new japan is becoming roh in tna after they have been gutted tk don't uh don't wait just give us the big matches ollie's talked about this a lot this whole idea of how can this be a really fruitful partnership if you have signed will osprey jay white okada the other side of that is that those three guys didn't want to stay there
0: yeah so i mean there are lots of different angles the other option is they go to wwe and they and new japan can never use them Mm -hmm. you look at all the other guys and you know kenny's wrestled on a wrestle kingdom since then and granted the period of time with the elite being on the opposing side of new japan and their management was very well documented but It still does give you access to people like an Osprey and Okada, you know, Moxley, the Blackpool Combat Club wrestled at Dominion last year. You know, it's not zero percent in New Japan's favor. It's not crazy high either. But the alternative is you lose Osprey and Jay White and never see them again. Fightful Select
1: Report was that with mercedes Monet going to AEW, that opens her up to still do dates with New Japan. Yeah. Which New Japan are pretty happy about because they want to do work with Monet.
0: And maybe even more critically there is look at someone who is on this show that helps make all of that happen is Rocky Romero. Mm -hmm. Rocky Romero has the relationships with each of these different companies and is orchestrating all of this. He can't do that with WWE. I I mean, don't put it past him. He's an incredible man who's been able to do incredible things. But it would be a lot harder for Rocky Romero to start making those relationships happen with WWE than with any of these companies. It's not nothing. No, it's just not that much. Our last
1: one here from Andy says, A plus episode. I don't want to talk too much as I'm jinxing it, but I believe in an idea that cosmic coincidences exist. It is a coincidence that TNA has a seismic shift in its leadership. It is a coincidence that Cody's story becomes so rocky. It is a coincidence that starting 2024, the pro wrestling world has hit a string of injuries. And it is a coincidence that AEW... And is it a coincidence that AEW is thriving now? Their shows have been great to incredible since 2024 started. They've hyped up big debuts, they haven't got hit by the injury bug, everyone is doing some of their best work right now, and we are building to a tremendous pay-per-view that will make me cry. It's just crazy the timing of everything, and AEW is picking their spot and getting a lot of shine. P.S. That was the best bossman slam I have ever seen. Big Bill had a standout performance, Bloody Bucks in white was perfect, Hangman has the best psychotic eyes i'm not sugarcoating my excitement we are so back and we've never been back this hard
0: i think that pretty much sums up a lot of uh my thoughts on this here episode of dynamite and just my thoughts about AEW in 2024 in general it's a good time to be a fan. really you is. You know, maybe not over on the other channel and such. There's a lot to not like about pro wrestling at the moment. But in terms of just like put the show on and enjoy it for two hours, it's a very good time to be a fan of in-ring wrestling. And WWE can easily pivot this. You know, the press conferences today, like they can easily pivot
1: away from the choice that they made. And we'll, we'll certainly see, like tomorrow's going to be a big day for, for us here and covering this because they're going to have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what choice they're going to make. All all opportunities are on the table. All you know, all avenues are available to them. It just depends on which one they pick. That's going to be a really interesting uh, press conference. That's at midnight here at uh, our time. I'll watch it in the morning. Yeah. Um, could our moderators please end the poll uh, And then pop the result in the uh, document For me to read while I do this last minute Ultra chat that's come in from TWJP This Scott Demore thing is wild Do you think there's a chance that WWE could start Funding Impact like they did with ECW Back in the day? Could be a new pipeline Of talent and now there are reports that Impact wants to slash their budget Yeah that, that was Meltzer's report of like why Demore Came to clashes with Anthem He was like look we're on a roll Put more money into him," and Anthem were like Actually we were thinking of cutting money um so we're cutting you now we'll
0: take over this what did the fans and matt hardy and Rebby sky once say that owl (laughs) stupid owl stupid rush owl
1: (laughs) i guess yeah i it is also kind of wild as well that in the last couple of months there have been Seismic shifts in in the upper echelons of WWE, New Japan Stardom, and TNA, and there's probably more, but like those are the four that instantly come to mind. It's only February, mm-hmm. you know. We had uh, with tanner and everything, uh, but anyway, overall ratings for this: eighty five percent thumbs up, ten percent thumbs in the middle. So that's like ninety five percent mid to up there. Yeah. It's a
0: huge, huge number. But um, yeah,
1: I, I agree. But I it was an excellent show.
0: A very, very strong dynamite that has me more excited for revolution and big business. Big business. Man. Please do press the subscribe button here to the rest of the
1: podcast. Thank you all so much for watching. We will likely be back tomorrow to talk about that press conference and any of the fallout from it. So please do subscribe to know when we go live with that. Leave a comment down below as well. Until then, I've been Luca and D-A-D. That has been Tempest. Jam that jam.